1: Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast. I'm Sarah, one of the founders of Amazing If, and I'm here with my co-host and co-founder, Helen. Hello everyone. And this week we're talking about technology at work. And I think it's worth getting our confession out of the way up front. There is definitely some irony in talking about this topic this week in that this is the mm-hmm. second time we're having to record this podcast. <laughs> we um, like it so
2: much. We've done it yeah. twice. That is, that is not true. Yeah, yeah I wish I wish that
1: was true. But I say technology failed us, but I don't know whether it's the people slash person slash me behind the technology that might have failed us in that our first recording didn't, didn't quite work out as planned. So uh, we're going for take two. Uh, And We're going to talk all about how technology, particularly within squiggly careers, how it really helps us to work smarter, more efficient, more effective, but also share some of our experiences about how it's got in our way or sometimes just got us really frustrated. Um, <laughs> got us down <laughs> got us down yeah I think we have been actually quite down because of technology a few times and you know what I was reflecting because because we've now done this twice I've actually thought about this topic a lot this week <laughs> and I was thinking about when we first started work together all those years ago at Boots and um, using Lotus Notes so some people well. listening probably won't even know what Lotus Notes is I don't think I know what it is what was it like it's an like early a, it's version of a precursor of to email? Outlook yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It
2: was just a basic it was just like an early Outlook uh, and it was owned I think it was owned by a company called Lotus Notes and then yeah rapidly got overtaken by Outlook. It was like basic Outlook.
1: Yeah. So at that point I think when I when I started work certainly it felt like technology was very secondary a kind of quite a small part of your day. Certainly not integrated into your day whereas it's so interesting within the space of the time that we've been working so 16 17 years which is not that long really in in the world of a squiggly career and how long we're all going to be working for it's gone from being you know a small part a secondary part of the day to actually something that now is is so much part of our work that I hear lots of people talking about digital detoxes So I I think that transformation uh, and the kind of rapid acceleration of technology has been fascinating in terms of creating a work environment, kind of what that looks like, what that enables us to do. And actually, I was reminded this week of a really good TEDx talk that's done by Adam Grant. And Adam Grant's the co-author of a book called Option B that he wrote with Sheryl Sandberg. And he talks a bit about how people often approach the world of work with one of two attitudes, people are naturally segregators or they're integrators. And as the names imply, people who prefer to segregate almost want their work and everything else outside of work to feel separate. They find that that's motivating. They, they want to keep the, the kind of two things apart. And integrators, as the name suggests, you know, just bring everything together. And I think that's probably where we're heading for most people within the squiggly careers because... This idea of work being completely separate to the rest of your life, actually, I I can't think of anybody that I talk to or the people that we train who would find that motivating because almost you're hoping that your, you know, your line manager, your organisation understands that you have a life outside of work. So you almost want to bring that into work, but then maybe some people do still like it to be quite separate.
2: I think they do I've um, kind of got quite a real example of this at the moment so I've just changed managers at Microsoft my new manager doesn't get me for very long because I actually leave next week but my old manager was very much he was like on all the time could contact him all the time um, yeah. and he would contact me all the time and it was fine I didn't really mind it's kind of just how I worked new manager is very explicitly not like that and not in any way to be critical of it but he's sort of like don't really like being in my inbox I'm going on holiday and I won't be answering my you know looking at my emails I have actually had, a, had to tell him a couple of messages about something and he has responded to them but generally he's he's set an expectation that that isn't how Mm. he works and i just think do you know what? i don't think there's any right or wrong i think people just need to do what's right for them the only thing i would say is that your choice sometimes can have a trigger effect on your team so like if i say to my team it is my choice to be always on i'm an integrator i do i work in the evenings fair enough that might be my choice but then if that has a knock-on impact on my team because i'm firing off emails or i'm expecting them to respond to my ims in the evening and that's not good but um actually when i was at virgin we had like an enforced digital detox on a wednesday and i forgot it was like 12 till 2 or 12 till 3 on a wednesday you couldn't send emails and i think it switched off like the the capability to be able to do that And everyone got really frustrated because it meant they couldn't do, I don't know, couldn't do conference calls or couldn't get things moving. And people still wanted to work. And it's that's why I think it needs to be a choice, an individual choice. Or it actually starts to be more frustrating
1: and almost a bit of a false thing rather than a a healthy cultural change. Yeah, I agree. I actually really don't like the idea of of forced, almost like forced, whether it's anything to do like forced technology, forced flexibility, but the idea that it has to be the same for everyone because that's Mm. almost implying that we're all the same, which we're not. So I guess this is partly about understanding your own preferences and ways of working, but also having empathy for that your style is not the same as everybody else's. And I do think there are some really interesting blurring things happening at the moment that I observe in what I do at work, where some technologies which may be starting in one space are starting to kind of come into work. And specifically, my example would be WhatsApp, So WhatsApp, I think most people start using WhatsApp more with like friends or family groups. And I've sort of used it for some kind of quasi work things. So maybe some of the charity things that I've done. But actually now where I work at the uh, creative agency, I work some clients actually use WhatsApp. And we use WhatsApp mm. groups with our clients. Now, I, I don't mind that because I find WhatsApp a really good, quick way to get hold of me, and that's useful. And I, I like the informality of it. I've discovered, I'm probably slightly late to the game on this, that you can get WhatsApp on your on your computer. Um, you are
2: late to the game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when I told but you that. I,
1: honestly, it was, like, life-changing. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> but also really helpful from a personal perspective because, you know, if um, Max is ill at nursery or something, it, it can kind of pop up and, and that's really that's actually useful. But someone was actually talking to me about it and saying they really didn't like it because it felt like actually their work was starting to just invade into their own personal time and that almost you can't sometimes resist looking at your WhatsApp. And it, actually, if you've got your friends and stuff on there as well, that that might be what you want to do in your own time, but you can't then avoid seeing, you know, the other WhatsApps that might be work-related. So you can't even solve it by turning off your notifications, I guess, which is mm. what a lot of people are starting to do. So I think it's um it's a really tricky one and actually one that can get you can get into quite a lot of like morality around like technology and work and what's good for us and what's not and even you and yeah. I when I compare our approaches I think I think you love your technology like much more than I do so if I forget my phone for the day now it's actually quite important because I've got a son at nursery I do need to be contactable but in the main I don't I'm not too bothered if I've not got any technology with me whereas I would say you do like you do love your phone
2: I love my phone I'd hate it I love like I do everything I was going to write a blog post on how to run a business on your phone <laughs> I can do everything on my phone and I love it. But, you know, just going back to that point about morality, I do think you have to be really careful about tech being intrusive, mm. particularly like work tech. And so, for example, I think a light version of this is, um, uh, you know, if you use Skype at work and you can off, you can see when people are online on Skype, right. you know, they'll have like, the green light or the red light. And I think sometimes sometimes you know and I have done this you know I've contacted people when the red I'm busy light is on and it's almost or if you go online in the evening I'll have my green light on because I'll be doing some work and then everyone will start contacting me you're like oh it's almost like it feels that that light is almost giving people permission to contact you when you don't really mean it to do that and I was at a presentation last week And there was an organisation presenting about some technology they're launching and trialling in their buildings, which is basically like a hotspot thing. And they had this video of this guy going, there's some amazing hotspot technology which enables us to find each other in our buildings. (laughs) And the example that they had was this woman who'd shut herself in this like wooden pod probably to get some work done. And this guy, he was like looking at his phone going, oh, there's Jane. And then he opened the pod. I mean, (laughs) that's borderline stalking. Poor Jane's like, I just wanted to get this report done. (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) You know, I'm sure you have to turn those things on. But I think it is a funny example of sometimes, you know, you almost want this opt-in, opt-out of some of this stuff. If it's automatically opted in, you know, that doesn't necessarily give everyone the space or the privacy that they might want in terms of how they do their work. I just think we have to be very conscious of that.
1: It is almost similar, isn't it, to privacy, which is now moving much more to a, you start with the assumption that somebody has opted out until they proactively opt in. That feels like a good principle for all these sorts of things. So rather than just assuming, let's say, you know, I've got someone new in my team, for example, he's um, just started working with me now, I could easily just assume that he doesn't mind if I WhatsApp him. I could actually mm-hmm. ma- imagine doing that without even asking the question, and actually, what it feels like you have to do that you're it's you know to be responsible in terms of how you use technology is actually to be really explicit and say like h- how do we want to communicate together and what technology do you use, what do you not use, kind of what works well for you and and how do you blur those things together and you know like most things, most of us are not complete segregators or integrators, most of us want to be kind of somewhere in the middle, but I just think having that understanding is useful.
2: I was just thinking maybe that, you know, we talk about work-life balance, which I don't think is appropriate anymore is a bit of a tired phrase, but maybe it's work-life choice. Like treat mm. people as adults, give them the tools that they need to do their best work in a way that works best for them and let them make those decisions, but make them with empathy given that it can have an impact on other people. But to me, work-life choice is much more appropriate to people having freedom to do their work than that you know assumption that there's some kind of balance or some weighting that's appropriate for everybody.
1: Yeah, Jill, I was writing a presentation on that exact thing. And I was I was really grappling with the right word. And I went for I actually really like choice, but I went for blend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I used that use the analogy of, you know, do you remember that thing on YouTube where it was called like, will it blend? Do you remember that? it was so, i think so
2: is that with stuff that goes that's that's like random stuff that yeah put in blenders, yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs>
1: so, so that, high quality youtube content everyone <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually really funny um and you know there's probably like a gif so with the sorts of presentations i do that, that's probably quite helpful but that won't um, be in the links that yeah, i post I, at the end of this podcast. i do think that thing of going what's the right blend for you how do you personally want that blend to work because again i think the blend looks different for different people mm. So should we talk a bit about our experiences of technology that's really worked for us in terms of helping us work smarter where it's worked against us and then we're actually going to finish today with our like top 10 tech tips for working smarter Though, nicely
2: said uh, top 10 thanks te- i can't even say it
1: <laughs> <laughs> top 10 tech tips oh, i don't know if that was quite as good that time but um i think looking at the list helen you've added way more than 10 so you're going to have to choose Let, i can't believe you've it. seen
2: that i was trying to sneak them in <laughs>
1: <laughs> so go on you you start by sort of sharing a piece of technology you think's really worked for you in terms of working smarter
2: Okay, so if I start with a piece of technology, and then kind of talk about how it's worked for us. So for me, what really helps is having. Oh, do you know this is a real technical term? but I work for Microsoft, so forgive me. But cloud-based software storage. What I mean by that <laughs> is stuff like OneDrive or we've you know we've also used Basecamp in the past or Google Drive or Dropbox, one of those things. But basically a cloud oh god I can't even say this without sounding really techie but a cloud storage system somewhere where you stick your files where everyone can get (laughs) to them and they're basically not on your computer like hard drive and the reason I find it useful is I find it very useful Sarah and I because we're always in different places and we need to kind of work on documents at the same time I also find it useful as a manager of a team when I've got multiple people let's say I've got a team meeting on Monday there's an agenda that I need everyone to contribute to what I do not want is to get 20 emails from people in my team who are commenting on an email that I've written what is much easier for me to do is to send them a link where I've got like my suggested agenda and they can update it or add comments and then I just go to one document so for me it's way more efficient to use something like a OneDrive and everyone uh, um, you know use those and those sorts of things are free actually I think Basecamp costs us money uh, but OneDrive is free if you've got an Outlook account Google Drive is free I think Dropbox is free up to a certain size and they just make God, it sounds like such a tagline. They make collaboration easier, but they really do make it <laughs> so much easier to just get You're like get a walking, talking with. ad
1: for the, I for know, the technology. I know. Sorry, <laughs> I've
2: I've worked I've worked in technology for too long. She says, having worked for Microsoft for two years. But yeah, I've been uh, uh, I've been immersed in that world. But I do think that's that really helps Sarah and I, and it helps me as a manager at work as well.
1: Well, I guess what you've just described. I would also probably talk about like the other side of the same coin in that you you almost there talking about efficiency, essentially. So using that kind of everything accessible in the same place for everyone and therefore it's easier because it is more efficient. I would say my experience of those things, it also makes me more effective because what it allows me to do is I work a lot better in different environments, in different places, like physically being able to work in different places. So, you know... This week, for example, I spent a couple of days working at home and actually very rarely when I'm working at home am I physically working in my house. I like to be in, whether it's coffee shops or just just environments. I actually worked outside today for about probably about 90 minutes, uh, (laughs) just sitting, working on a secret squirrel project that we're hoping to be able to (laughs) reveal soon. And actually, I could just take my laptop with me and I could access what I needed to and I could just sit, I was literally sitting on a bench in a park, uh writing for a bit
2: and that and said that, you did send me messages going where have you stored that file exactly yeah, that true. on our shared drives file
1: <laughs> yeah so you know it, it swings and roundabouts <laughs> isn't it i'm sort of slightly less in the efficient camp and slightly more in the effective camp but the, i suppose the freedom that it gives me i really value it makes i think it makes a massive difference to the quality of my output and my general happiness that i can take my technology with me rather than have to go to my technology and i suppose yeah. because i've we're old enough that i remember working the other way around i've seen i suppose the the impact that it's had on me where suddenly you could be wherever at whatever time in lots in in spaces that were kind of right for you do you know what i've realized
2: though on that point about this because i'm really conscious of people listening i i I run an initiative called the new work which is about accelerating flexible working and what i i think i take it for granted the like so a you've got to have the technology and b you've almost got to have a culture where you can work flexibly for some of this stuff to come together yeah that's true and, and i've realized through the new work network that lots of companies don't have one or both of those you know maybe they've got the technology but they you still got to be very present in the office or um maybe they've got the the culture um the irony i remember talking to a journalist not that long ago who was writing an article about flexible working but they weren't allowed to work from home oh, no. And i was like oh maybe you should take some of this data that you're writing about and then share it as you organisation but yeah i just kind of do want to acknowledge that you know we are in a fortunate position where you know we are able to use our technology and work in certain ways um but the, you know there's absolutely bags of research that can support you in making a case for some of this stuff um particularly the why being able to work in different places is good for you i mean the the, the case for buying some of these technologies might be a hard sell but i'll include some of it when we post this article up because i do think you know the two things go hand in hand having the tech to help you work smart but having a culture that supports it
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing um, I was reflecting on is I was thinking about what technology has allowed us to do actually for Amazing If over the last five years because I think I'm not sure if we didn't have certain technologies we would be where we are. I I sort of feel like actually our success, um, and when I say success, you know, in in whatever way you want to define success, but all the good stuff that we've done, has been very much built and enabled because we've had technology so whether that's because you know even just using whatsapp to very quickly make decisions or to be able to share things with each other whether that's being able to record these podcasts you know very rarely in the same locations almost the majority of our outputs rely on some sort of technology to make them kind of even better than they would be.
2: Yeah, I totally agree and then we should also um we're so, we're so like pro tech on this. I think we should also acknowledge where tech doesn't work for us. yeah So, you know, like earlier I mentioned OneDrive and super frustrating thing is when you're working in a team and everyone uses different solutions so oh, you've got like me some insane. people using oh me too you've got some people using google you've got some people using microsoft you've got some people using like i don't know all these different solutions and you're just like where is everything and why okay so i now have to save that in that file format in order to email it to myself and use it over here um there's no easy answer to that i think other than when you're setting up a team agree from the outset what solution you're going to use because if you're doing it all the way you know all the way through it's it's pretty hard i imagine sarah it's probably hard for you as well because you know you might have a working in an agency you might have a preferred solution but your clients all might use different ones and that's
1: you know do you just snap to what your clients do or do you oh it is just... an absolute and i find this very hard not to swear at this time night nightmare <laughs> but by the way cuz you know my mum listens so obviously can't swear <laughs> but um hi you know, Sue. Hi, hi mum um <laughs> literally our literally number one biggest fan Yeah, so we're an, a creative agency obviously you know like all the cool kids we use apple and we use and we use google docs and we Not use Ke- like all the cool kids oh sorry you are you are cool sorry <laughs> uh you know we use, we use keynote instead of powerpoint we're just starting to use slack but we've not kind of adopted that company wide yet and most of our clients, because most of our clients are, are brands, obviously use Microsoft and PowerPoint and all the things that I've used for, for a long time. And then actually sometimes we use for Amazing If different things again. So we mentioned like previously we've used Basecamp. And actually one of the things that we've tried to do is move from lots of multiple solutions to try and have everything in one place and to try and make that as mm-hmm. consistent as possible. Because I have found it really tricky because uh, you're you're switching from different platforms and you feel like you never get to know any of them that well in terms of usability trying to remember where things are and you know every platform it does have its own kind of nuances so it just feels like yeah. you're spending too much time trying to like learn these platforms rather than actually doing the work and I find that really frustrating it's like they're created to be productive but actually just like it's the opposite of it yeah um,
2: and another thing we'll talk about some of the apps that we have used that help that do help us to be productive but I think it's worth saying as well that If you're looking for some tech solutions to help you to be more efficient and productive, yes, they're out there. But you know what? If you've got too much work on or you have not prioritised correctly, then you kind of need to solve that problem before you bring the tech in because otherwise it's just a sticking plaster. So if we've got a digital to-do list that is too scary to look at because there's too much on it, that's not a reflection of how effective that digital to-do list is. It's a reflection of actually I might need to look at what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to. So do you know what? Too much work is just
1: too much work or... And you just might need to manage that before you try and bring in some tool to help you be, to be more productive. And to be fair, as you were talking there, I was thinking, I also have to take a bit of accountability for the multiple tool things for myself, because I was sort of <laughs> definitely like playing the victim blame game. But if I think about things like, you know, like to do lists, we use Wunderlist, which we'll talk about in a bit for Amazing If, but then I use different to do lists for work by choice. And so that's, that's not making my life easier. That's making my life more difficult. And then sometimes I write things down in, on scraps of paper... Uh, on the back of things. If I actually look around my desk right now, I can see notes on the back of, I don't know, some random presentation. I can see a bit of scrap of paper over in that corner that for some reason is not in the bin, so there must be something written on it that matters. Okay. And because I naturally am not brilliantly organised, particularly when it comes to like personal admin, um, which my partner could definitely testament to. I'm laughing because it's true. It, and like <laughs> Helen could actually tell you some very specific examples of just how bad I, I can be. And I think it's just because I don't, prioritize it and I don't enjoy it so I don't spend the time on it but then actually it makes my life harder and it's just one of those what's that analogy that's always like when you should do the hard thing first the swallow the frog thing you know like eat the frog yeah Yeah, you're consuming a frog Yeah, yeah so the point being like do the do the tough thing because then everything else will be loads easier whereas i just go oh it's too it's too hard to fix that so i'll just <laughs> keep doing multiple things and but then you end up having to remember everything in your head and i actually find that that's what kind of keeps you awake at night when you're thinking okay well have i remembered to put this on the list etc so i just yeah. wanted to make sure i wasn't being too much of a kind of victim there and actually going yeah at times you do have to sort of sort this stuff out for yourself
2: yeah agree and i think just you agree your ways of working like uh make any changes you need to enable that and then bring the te- tech in to help you if you bring the tech in first because it looks cool and you haven't solved the other stuff i think you're almost going to be like oh why hasn't this technology made me super efficient because you say yes to everything and you can't do yeah. it and it's not possible so yeah we have got a bit of honesty i think Should we go through our top 10 slash 12? Because Helen sneaked in a few more. Yeah.
1: Shall I start? Shall I start? Because I have only got five and I probably use a lot less technology. So my number one was WhatsApp, which we've already talked about. And I have discovered that you can search WhatsApp, which probably everyone listening to already (laughs) knows. But anyway, I find it useful because what I would actually like to be able to do if the WhatsApp developers are listening is I'd like to search WhatsApp by person rather than my whole WhatsApp And if there's a way of doing that, if any of our listeners know, please let me know, because at the moment, (laughs) the only thing I seem to be able to do is search everything whereas usually what i have to do is this search... has now become tech support yeah exactly i mean amazing <laughs> if that's what it just become i usually have to search <laughs> helen's whatsapp because she's given me a link or asked me to do something which usually i've not done so then i have to go back and search it again so you know if anyone knows how to do that please do let me know uh number Hashtag feedback yeah number two is wonderlist so wonderlist is a pretty basic um well, the way i use it is pretty basic to-do list and i've tried loads of different ones and i've probably still got some on my phone that i need to delete because i sort of read I, I I do that classic thing of you know I read uh, an article the top five things that'll improve your productivity and then let's just download them all and then I just look at them <laughs> <laughs> I just look at them as apps on my phone so I sh- should get rid of the ones that I don't use but Wonderlist, I am finding useful because it's particularly good for short-term actions so you can write your action assign it to someone assign a date and then actually once you've done it you can still keep the action but crossed out if if that's useful and I don't think it's as good for sort of longer term ideas or things you want to remember or if you're just jotting down thoughts but if you want to do your this is what we need to do by this date, and and we and we need to know who's going to do that I am finding it's working pretty well between us would you agree, Helen, or do you just think it's a list of things that I haven't done? No, no, I agree. I quite like it. I also
2: like the little reward you get when, like, Sarah has completed this action. I'm like, yes! I'm almost, like, more excited when I see, like, you're you're your, when you've completed one. I'm like, oh, brilliant, it's moving forward. It's quite, yeah. I think it's... Um, okay, I need to I remember I can't that. remember what... <laughs> I can't remember what the drug in your brain is. I don't think it's endorphins. for Some... some yeah I think that right? a dopamine shot that's it that's the terms so that you get a dopamine shot like a little reward hit basically when you see um when you see what an action completed and I think I get double it when I see you doing one so yeah
1: that's all good for me. okay yeah. I actually need I, I okay I need to do some more work
2: <laughs> to
1: keep you happy uh, my just number...
2: put some fake actions in and then I get the same impact
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number three is an app called Feedly So I discovered Feedly probably five or six years ago, and I'm sure there are lots of iterations of this now, but Feedly is just a way of bringing together things that you find interesting all into one app in terms of articles, blogs, topics, probably not a million miles away from something like Medium, which I also like in terms of opinion pieces and... Uh, Yeah,
2: or Flipboard, some people use
1: Flipboard. I still love Flipboard, actually. When Flip, that was one of my, like, I was a bit, I sort of used that a bit, and then it was a bit, like, fashion-y, it sort of came out of trend for me, so I sort of... But Feedly has stuck with me, and actually, I did look at it again this week, and I think because you can do it by topic, I like the mix of, I think I've got stuff in there that feels very, like, techie, some other stuff on, like, creativity, some things that are very, like, leadership-focused... And then one that was clearly just me going, oh, that sounds like fun and interesting because they all just look really random. I suppose we talked before about curiosity and almost curating your curiosity, but also building it into your day, making it a habit. And I think Feedly for me served that purpose, particularly for like a couple of years. Daily, I would just go on there and get a little dose of inspiration or read something interesting. And it would just sort of it would feed my sort of curiosity and then sometimes i would send it that article to myself because i wanted to share it with people or sometimes i just kind of read it and move on but having something that brings together the things that you're curious about that you read and want to spend time with i think is helpful
2: yeah i think you from just on feedly i think from feedly you kind of get more um kind of like I want to say corporate corporate content such a marketing phrase but basically you can like get Harvard Business Review and Inc.com and Fast Company those sorts of things on Medium you tend to get more individual. More personal isn't it yeah yeah, it's more personal more kind of thought pieces so it's slightly different I I still use both of those things actually and if I'm ever looking I do a daily careers tip on Instagram and sometimes I just like want a bit of inspiration or a model I've not seen and I go to both of those places and, and that's where I would go for inspiration so I definitely find them really helpful it takes you like you say it takes you a couple of minutes it's just to flick through stuff and for almost like just a thought to fire in your brain and then you're kind of off and running.
1: So my number four is probably actually the technology that has fueled a lot of Amazing If from the start, which is something called Paper Fifty Three. And so Paper Fifty Three is a drawing app And when we started Amazing If, we were really clear that we didn't want to do training in the way that I guess often we'd seen training done or we'd experienced training for ourselves. We really didn't want to do lots of PowerPoint slides. I think we'd we'd done enough PowerPoint slides to last us a lifetime in both of our jobs. And we didn't really want to use a flip chart either because that didn't really feel like the style of, I suppose, workshop that we wanted to run. We wanted it to be really interactive. We wanted it to be, you know, memorable. And we thought it was really important to kind of have visual aids. So rather than lots of content, just sort of images that people might remember. Now, often when we say this and and we'll introduce our workshops and we'll say, you know, we're going to use this drawing app, but we'll explain it's not because we're good at drawing. You can see people sort of going, yeah, whatever. Like when they start, they're obviously going to be quite good at it. Otherwise, they wouldn't use this app. Um, However, anyone who's actually been on any of our courses will know that that's just not true because we draw the first picture and people usually are laughing. I'd like to think with us, but it often does feel more yeah. at us. We sort of have to explain what
2: we're drawing. Yeah. But it's all part of the process. And I sometimes
1: yeah. literally play Pictionary with the room so that people can try and like guess. And I try and encourage people to sort of take my abstract images and turn them into whatever they're meant to be. But it is a brilliant app in terms of, A, if you're creative, I think people would enjoy kind of playing with it. It's a really different way of presenting. And since I've started using it with Amazing If, I've also used it in, in more in my day job where if you've got a slightly more informal presentation or you want to have some things ready to go, you can pre-draw things, but then you can add to them. If you're chatting to someone, you can kind of flip from page to page. It's really intuitive. It's really easy. And yet yeah, we're pretty far away, I would say, the two of us from being people who are at the design end of sort of creative. And we can both use it pretty well. So definitely have a go or have a look. And it did win App of the Year, I'm sure. I think it was a couple of years ago now because because it is so easy to use. And one other thing on that as well, I think if you're
2: going to use it to do presentations, and I've used it as well in um, kind of small team presentations, what I think it's good for is it means you have to really know your content. So, you know, sometimes mm, that's when true. you have slides, you kind of put loads of words up on the slides, you end up with loads of bullet points, and you kind of, you almost think, oh, do I really need to know this because I can just read it off a slide? Like, we've all been in presentations where that happens. And I think when you're drawing it, not only... Is it actually a really interesting way for people to engage with it? Because I sort of they're with you in the moment because you're drawing what you're saying, so they sort of they just seem to tune into it more. You also have to really know and almost personalize what you're presenting for it to work. So it might take a little bit more practice for you. Sometimes I practice the drawings that I'm going to do beforehand, so I just I can connect it all. But it just seems to be a bit more of an authentic way of presenting sometimes than just sort of regurgitating slides. <laughs> if that's yeah. not too hard.
1: It's definitely scarier. I remember doing it for the first time and it's and, and even now I would say when we're presenting whether it's existing content or new content you do feel like you've got to know your stuff but I think that's a good thing it kind of makes you yeah, do that I agree.
0: and then totally my last agree.
1: one which again I'm sure uh, with my like basic technology recommendations people have used lots of these things is Doodle or something like Calendly and those are both just ways of organizing people getting together and I think in squiggly careers and as we're going to be working I guess often in more like a transitionary way so you might be with one team one week another team another week you might be I think everyone's doing sort of more project work actually getting people's availability for things can be really difficult and it can you can spend a lot of time going back and forth but if you're going right there are eight people and we've all got to get in a workshop together in the next couple of weeks or as many of us as possible need to get in a workshop it's just a really good way of like coordinating what's the option that gives us the best chance of getting as many people as possible i love a bit doodle yeah me too it's just really easy
0: <laughs> this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you
2: Okay, study mine. Go for it. I'm gonna see if I can sneak in slightly more than five. Maybe okay, you have to do quickly. them quickly though. Okay, I'll do them <laughs> quickly. Okay, so my first one I've already mentioned OneDrive, so I'm not even counting that one. I'm gonna skip that one. Okay. And my second one is um, like team collaboration tools, like digital collaboration tools. So I use teams microsoft teams a lot at work obviously the word for microsoft um i have used outside of work um a tool called slack which is really similar facebook have one called workplace which i've never used um so i can't really talk about that one but i find them hugely helpful so i've talked about microsoft teams which is the one that i'm most familiar with you basically and you can now get that um free for up to 300 people and so how it works is you can share documents with each other so you it's almost like a it's almost sort of like if any of you use like um, shared drives or anything like that, it sort of integrates your shared drive and it integrates chat. So you can have team chat, you can have one-to-one chat, you can all comment on the same document, you can have virtual meetings. And it's, it's kind of like all within one app. So rather than you having to go to like, a little bit of Skype over here, and then go to yeah, the ShareDive over there. It's all in one app. You get loads of notifications. And for me, at work, at Microsoft, it's been super helpful because... What well, kind of, if it doesn't um, work for
1: you, there's probably something wrong, isn't there? I
2: know, it doesn't work for us at Microsoft. At Microsoft, Microsoft, yeah. But, yeah. but it, do you know what? It's helped me. then like, The two things it's helped me with. One, it helps for, like, it just makes your team feel a bit more human I would say because you can almost just have a bit of chat and it's about work it just feels a bit more human and you can add like gifs and emojis and thumbs up and all that kind of stuff it has that kind of um, that that bit more informal which just feels yeah a bit more informal and I think that that's quite nice when often you're using these tools to replace face to face contact so super like that and then the other thing that I find really valuable about it is it reduces the amount of time I spend in my inbox because Mm. actually that point I was saying earlier about god I don't Really want twenty people sending me an email where they each comment on, "Oh, I agree with what she said and this like i don't I really don't want to spend time going through that, but in something like teams, all the comments are there. you can go through them really quickly, it means that people can do it on one document super, super helpful, so obviously I'm going to talk about Microsoft teams, but there are other there are other tools available. That's just my <laughs> kind of my preferred one and the one that I'm most used to. Second one is a tool called If This Then That. It's like I-F-T-T-T. Um, this is like a really nice little bit of integration software. So it's designed to make you more productive by connecting different things. So, for example, it has these recipes like um, every time I like a post on Twitter save it to my OneNote account or save it to my Evernote account or save it to my Pocket account. That's really clever. So it, it's super clever. I mean, you have to spend a little bit of time going, that's what I want to do. Right. Um, so it might say, every time my phone says it's wet weather in the morning, send me a reminder via Wonderlist to take an umbrella. Like, for example. <gasps> Genius. It just It's it's super clever. And I think it integrates with, like, um, like Amazon's, is it Alexa? I don't know. I should know. But anyway, those products, it kind of has all these right. different rules and well, things I've got an Alexa. that you can do.
1: See, I'm, I'm they, ahead of the game.
2: So go on, if this, then that, and it connects tools you're probably already using. I particularly like, if I like an article, like I want to star it or save it or like it, depending on where it is, and then it automatically mm, puts that really that in my chosen thing of choice like um, pocket or whatever so that's really good another one that helps to be more efficient is a tool called buffer and just a bit of a shout out to buffer because they have an amazing blog on team culture and productivity yeah they it's do entirely different different thing but it's, it's really good but they have a piece of software that you can use for individuals or businesses actually where if you're in the act of making social posts that sounds really weird but if you if let's say you've got a side project or a business um, and you want to schedule social posts so to save yourself time so Sarah and I actually don't use this all the time we just sort of post in the moment on Instagram or whatever but you can save quite a lot of time by saying okay I'm going to post you you spend like one hour and you you put you load into Buffer all the things you want to post all the like 10 articles or something and Buffer can automatically select the best times to post that and then it will post it for you on those days on those times in quite an automated fashion so you only need to spend like i don't know one hour on a monday night saying these are the 10 things i want to post this week based on some articles you've written or something um, and then it will automatically post it in
1: you know twitter or facebook or wherever it is um so that can save you quite a lot of time super useful and it's buffer isn't it that if you are particularly interested in workplace culture that publish all of their salaries transparently they do they do I love Buffer also. If you ever
2: like at @buffer on um, Twitter, they always like it back, which is a nice little bit of always makes you feel warm and fuzzy, I think when you when you kind of at a big company and they like you back. Just there if you want a little boost. To your, your is you are to getting well-being. more of your
1: dopamine, is it? In weird ways. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. My dopamine shots. Um uh, I don't know how many I've done, but I'm going to do two more, so I'm just going to keep going until Sarah Sarah tells me to stop. Dropmark is another one. Dropmark is an app that I find really useful for saving links on topics and then being able to share it with people so let me give you an example talk earlier about the new work which is all about accelerating flexibility so i'll be reading things on the internet and i'll read some interesting reports from time wise or you know the work futures foundation and they may maybe produce some reports i will save the link or those reports on drop mark in a folder it saves like a thumbnail of it so that you can see it rather than just it being like a boring link and then you can add people to that folder so it is sort of like a one-drop Drive, but for some reason, it just feels a bit a bit easier to scan through, to be honest, than than, than OneDrive. I feel like we're meant so to I, use I, I that. Re- Am
1: I meant to use that with you?
2: Yeah, yeah, you are, right. you are. But I just I let you off for right, it. Okay. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if that's why I... you would
1: included it. If this was your submin, sub- what's the word? Sub-mineral. Subliminal. Subliminal, which is hard to say. No, no, no. This is your I'll way of you basically paper. telling me off, right? <laughs>
2: No, no, I'll just tell you. No, do you know what I think? It's quite good though, as well, if uh, for a networking thing. Sarah and I talk about networking and make you know giving value to other people. If you want to build a community around something you're passionate about, setting up a Dropmark account and having a few folders about you know it might be about curiosity and creativity and something like that, you can save all the articles that you think's really good, and then you can attach people to those folders so they can look at it too. It's just a, it's just an interesting, a, quite a nice little tool. Hint taken. My last one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hint taken. Uh, my last one is, um, <laughs> it's my phone hotspot so sarah mentioned earlier that i really like my phone and i really like always being connected and probably the time when you will see me most frustrated is either when my battery is dead and i can't get any power or when i can't find wi-fi that's quite frustrating for me Um, and so my general savior is when i activate my phone hotspot and i attach my laptop uh, wirelessly to my phone hotspot if that makes sense to everybody and that means I'm always connected wherever I go and, um, and I can always send emails and do work when I want to, back to that point about choice earlier so that's my last one, I think you I see, probably you seeing people say in
1: you're like intense six. but I don't, you know, I don't see it It's <laughs> you all my choice You're though, like, I am choice? always connected <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm always you at are. midnight when my little boy's up, I can always be connected to YouTube where I can watch pointless videos about blending food, yeah. yes
1: That's my life and we love the community that we're we're building through amazing if whether that's on instagram or because you listen to the podcast and we know that um you'll all have some really amazing ideas on this so we'd really love you to um whether you want to tweet us or follow us on instagram uh, make some suggestions about things that you've used that have made your work smarter And, you know, share the things that are not working for you as well, because I think we're starting to find that with our communities now, everyone's sort of helping everyone else, which is really lovely. And the reason that we do, you know, everything that we do, whether it's a podcast or the workshops that we do um, or, you know, Helen's daily career tip is all about helping us all to have the skills that we need to succeed in our squiggly careers. And so we hope we're helping, but also we're starting to find that our community are really helping each other. So if you have got tips and suggestions. Oh, yeah, did we?
2: Yeah, we did. So some people said that they use Trello, which yeah. is, you know, Sarah talked earlier about Wunderlist not being great for ongoing or longer-term projects. Trello's a really good tool for that. If um, you want to do it. another one that someone suggested was Asana, which is a li- is a bit similar. It has um, some... Yeah, nice I've used, used Asana got, actually like, a, before. Yeah. yeah that I like Asana as well. It's got um, sort of to-do lists and calendars in there, which Trello doesn't have, but it sort of depends, you know, how simplistic you want to do stuff. Some people also said notes on their iPhone, just like really simple. I use but that just all useful. the time yep i know right. <laughs> no it goes back to that point. i never know whether it's coming on email or no, on one OneDrive. but you know we could do feedback later it's all good i mean it sounds like um, it's not good it was... but fine <laughs> <laughs> that's fine of all the things that was fine um god that sounds terrible i did not mean of all the things
1: but of all the things <laughs> that you need to give me feedback on that's like
2: yeah, the bottom of the list is true. it
1: I'll, I'll look forward to that you know. helen
2: <laughs> moving on uh podcasts on the commute which I, actually i really agree with that i find like you know having podcast apps um overcast actually is another i podcast use Over- app, i use
1: overcast i have done for ages it, yeah it can speed things
2: up and it can also reduce the um, pauses when people are talking to make it even even okay i don't do either of those things <laughs>
1: i just listen to podcasts through it can i do actually a new podcast shout out um you can so i uh kate um who is kind of someone we both know and who's a really big advocate of Amazing If said to me oh you must listen to the Secret Leaders podcast I bet you already listened to it and I was like oh actually no I'm sort of aware of it but you know when you've sort of been a bit lazy and maybe even been a bit fixed mindset about it and just thought I don't sort of need another podcast in my life and then I thought actually do you know what? I really trust Kate's Perspective and opinion, and she recommended a couple, particularly to listen to, and I'm really enjoying it, I'm loving it. So they interview really interesting, successful leaders who come from loads of different backgrounds, and I'm finding them like really inspirational. So I can't remember the lady's name, but she was one of the founders of Cafe Nero, and then she's now like the Chancellor at a university, I think over in East Anglia, and is involved in loads of other businesses. But I listened to hers today, so I went for a walk. To kind of have a bit of a break and listen to her talking on this Secret Leaders podcast and just some of the kind of words of wisdom like can you sum up what you do in one sentence businesses need to be really clear about what they do but also how they do it starting to be values-based businesses though you know when you like listen to podcasts and you want to write things down that's what I really that's what I really hope people at times think with our podcast that there's things where they go oh I must write that down or I must remember that with the Secret Leader podcast and I listened to Jo Malone as well and two founders or oh, actually i think it's just one of the founders of a company called us two so i'm about three or four in but it has become my like go-to i'm like really enjoying my working my way through them so um, i definitely recommend that adding that to your overcast or whatever podcast thing you listen to oh.
2: so shall we talk about next week i feel like yeah, we have covered it. tech for everybody so next week we are going to talk about how to leave a job not that we are advocating our entire community leave jobs because i don't think that that any employer would ever ever work with us ever again but uh, it's more that if you have made a decision to move on from your job or you're thinking that's definitely what you're going to do in in the future how you can leave a job well and that might be because you're going to another job internally as well as actually leaving a company um slightly inspired by the transition that i'm in the process of making when i kind of leave microsoft next week but just thinking about how you can leave well how you can leave with great relationships um, and a legacy and a whole lot of positive sentiment about the impact that you've made so we'll share some of our experiences and how we hope that we've done that in different companies so that you can yeah you can leave well when you go So that's it for this week. Thanks very much for your time. Hopefully you've picked up some useful technology tips and some resources that you might not have known about. Obviously, we will put all the links to these on amazingif.com. Just head over to the blog um, and look at podcasts and you'll be able to get all the links to everything so you can download some of those things. We'll be back next week. If you've got any other questions or any tips or any advice actually on podcasts that you want us to cover in the future, you can get in touch with us at amazingif.com or you can contact us in the normal place that we are so on twitter that is at amazing underscore if or on instagram which is also where we do our daily career stories we're just amazing if so we look forward to seeing you in any of those places Um, and speak to you next week everyone bye bye